Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. And welcome listeners to episode 19 of God Beyond the Bible, the podcast by Seekers and Four Seekers, and everybody here today? Tabby's here. Trayson's here. Okay. Glad you all are all here. I didn't that's say better, we were all that's here. Better than being, <laughs> that's better than being not all here. What about shout outs? Have we got any shout outs this week? Of course, my buddy Kirk, he always... Uh, just I know I shout out to him all the time, but hey, he's a big guy and needs a lot of shout outs. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Kirk <laughs> is kind of my, he's one of the first people to listen in the morning. Always. So well, he kind of gives me a little bit of feedback if I've got something off on the website. And I, and I forget sometimes it's out and he'll send me a text, a great podcast, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right, that was today. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't even listened to, to it. To our listeners. Because we don't get to listen to these until they come out. Right. I mean, we don't go back and no. critique these. And so, and everybody, you know, said, you know, it'd be great if we had a bunch of outtakes and say, oh, we're going to do an episode of just our mess ups and outtakes. But we just blow through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying we don't mess up. We if just we blow have on mess by. Ups, you we hear just, it when the podcast just, yeah, comes out. <laughs> this is sort of just live, just the way we do this. And, you know, a shout out to our listeners, DP and Valerie. And they're both from. Well, DP is from Arkansas. Valerie is from Michigan, I believe is okay. what it said. And we've got several countries listening to us. Yeah, we're That's up to great. 14 countries. 14 countries, okay. We have one listener in Australia that has listened to a lot of episodes. So, hi. Thanks, mate. Hi. <laughs> That's, worse. That's the worst Australian accent they can ever be. I do my old man a lot better. Old grumpy man a whole lot better. That fits me. Oh, hey, everybody, thanks for sharing a podcast with others, and we don't expect everyone to agree with us on every position we take and our varied and often controversial talk topics. You just need a device capable of receiving podcasts and an open mind. Uh, we used last week's podcast to restate our mission and to reaffirm our positions of faith concerning Jesus, the church, and the Bible. And uh, we don't want to be perceived as making an assault on the traditional teachings of Christianity. However, we do wish to present other possibilities of interpretation. Uh, and I maintain that the Bible itself does not claim to be the sum of all God has ever done. You get tired of hearing us say that, or ever will do. We believe he still speaks and inspires. Remember, I think last episode we talked about what inspire meant. Yes, and I was wrong. In, well, not necessarily, because spirit means breathe, but it means in spirit. It means to be in spirit, in the right spirit. Uh, and we believe he still speaks and inspires people today, just as he's done through the ages. Uh, we just refuse to limit him to any single work or interpretation of what has been determined worthy of preservation. 
Well, if you're refreshed and enjoy those somewhat taboo topics, we're going to be back on one of those today. So today's sure not to disappoint you. And today we're talking about psychics, seers, prophets, dreamers, and visionaries. Or any other title. Well, we didn't put clairvoyant. Clairvoyant. <laughs> that was the other one. Um, and mediums. Medium mediums is mediums. another okay, one. Yeah. Um, and in segment one, um, our question is, where have all the prophets gone? Where have all the prophets gone? Oh, no, that's that a different song. That was what song. I started yeah, hearing <laughs> when I read it. Was John the Revelator the final word on prophecy? Is the gift of prophecy a gift of the Holy Spirit that no longer exists today? Okay, so somebody define a prophet. Well, in general terms, I guess a prophet's any person who accurately foretells an event before it happens. And let me say this about it. When you say, I knew that was going to happen, that's not prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> that's just saying, I, I knew when he did that to start with, that's that going to happen. That's, that's not what a prophet tells it. Before, Before it happens, okay. <laughs> so as odd as it may sound, we are a society that's very comfortable and even dependent on folks who tell us the future. In a sense, weather forecasters and financial and um, market advisors, they fall into this category, right? Um, I think they do, yeah. And I think it's funny that we don't associate a forecaster even though the word forecaster means something Prophet, it does to tell the future. It means to tell yeah. the future, yeah. If we don't associate that as mystical. See, or, that's our culture. That's yeah. our culture, yeah. So we all make daily plans around the predictions of these experts, even though we know that they're basing their predictions on statistical averages that are combined with high-tech detection and observation equipment and possibly a touch of that good old gut instinct. Yeah, yeah, I've seen forecasters go and say, you know, I just don't think this is what that's going to happen. I don't believe it's going right. to be as severe yeah. as they're saying, you know. And so there we are. So let's talk about that gut instinct. Has God placed in all of us an ability to sense certain dangers and abnormalities concerning certain situations? You know, we say things like, I had a bad feeling about this thing. Mm -hmm. That's usually after it's already yeah. gone bad. But yeah. I had a bad feeling about this thing. Or there's just something about that person that wasn't right. I just couldn't put my finger on it. Now, isn't this type of discernment in the category of seeing the future? I think so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most people who demonstrate the ability to supernaturally pre predict, perceive, or know things will say that the skills or the ability or the gift that they have is just an enhancement of that sense that most people call a gut feeling or an unexplained sense of danger, etc. And I've heard that. I've heard people who actually demonstrated gifts of mm -hmm. being able to tell, say, everybody can do this. Right. Everybody's got some ability. And I think we're kind of. Have I, you ever had that feeling that you needed to go home a different way than normal and you just missed an accident when you took the other road? You know, you hear, of course, we have police radios and things, but, you know, you hear an accident mm -hmm. that was just yeah. down the road that you just missed. I've had that feeling that I really need to get home as quick as I can, but, I, but that's, that's a whole new, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, but to answer the question, the segment question, what do you think? Was the Apostle John the last prophet since it has been decided um, to close out the Bible with his prophecy? Or do certain people have the gift of prophecy yet today, just like the Bible indicates there has been for ages? And if they are labeled by someone as psychic instead of prophet, 
Are they automatically suspect of utilizing dark and demonic powers as their source of, as the source of their gift? As a Christian, I have that, and I'm just being honest here. I have that tendency to look down my nose when someone uses the word psychic. Yeah, even if they put Christian in front of it. Uh-huh. But but if you'll notice, often they don't label themselves. No, we label them. Yeah, I was gonna say okay. often they say. Well, I have this gift, or I have this, you know, mm-hmm. and then most of them, most of them are really humble about yeah. because they're confused about how am I able to do this. I think the first time I ever really came across a psychic, <laughs> or me. you know, I used to wa- I, I watch talk shows all the time, and I shouldn't, I know. I know the woman you're going to talk about. She had the long fingernails. Yes, Dr. Yeah. Sylvia Brown was that her name? Brown, yeah, her she, name. Because she Brown, was yeah. on, was it Montel? Montel, yeah, yeah. And I used to, and that was just, she was just amazing to me. Do you know that I just found out she passed away? I did not know that she passed away in 2013. But anyway, yeah. I but just, well, yeah. you're not psychic, or you had already known that. <laughs> Exactly. So that rules you out. Okay, I'm so, I'm sorry, Tracy. Uh, Tabby, go ahead. But no, it was just it was interesting. And she always, as far as I know, she was a believer. She mm-hmm. claimed she believed in Christ. You know, and I struggled with that for a long time because I was always taught, you know, through I guess tradition more than anything. Because I don't think that Dad ever sat down and said you can't believe in this. But that psychics were psychics were wrong, and they were of the dark powers but well, she was and let's be honest we'll go to the bible it says you shall not visit a seer and they'll name these a soothsayer and all of these things but then because they're titled that they were doing exactly the same thing a prophet did yeah the problem was where they were getting their information and i understand that but then how did they know right how did anyone <laughs> know that's where it got okay and so i trace and i think you're up there with number five yeah, and since we don't have the ability to interact with our audience live, we're going to poll our panel while asking our audience to respond by commenting. And I'm going to, while you're listening to this episode, um, I will put a post up the day this episode comes out on our Facebook page that will have a poll with this question. Yeah, sometime so, mid- mid-May, second week in May or something. Yeah. Okay. And you can dive over there and check it out and give us an answer. But what do you think? Are there people with the gift of seeing future events or even past events in our world today? And if they demonstrate such gifts, can they be from God or are they strictly from the dark side? Well, I guess, are you polling us now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to say, how are you going to just say it's all this or that? Or if you don't agree with it or it's something you don't understand, you're just going to – is that our – that's always our go-to, isn't I it? I kind we, of have to go back to the near-death experiences thing. Yeah. I can't tell you what your journey is. No. And I can't tell you what your gifts are. Or your experience in life is. But uh, if we have so many other gifts that God has given people in the Bible and he still gives us today, why is prophecy not – why do we want to – or why do we want to say that, well, if they're not using it, but prophesying as, the end long, times, but long, then it's not But as long as we call it prophecy, price. it's okay, right? Yeah, but we, we assume that it has to have something to do with, I don't even know exactly how to it explain it. It has to it. be a future God event. Yes. Before For we lack can, of better phrasing, yeah. it can't But you know, not everything that went on when the prophets of the Old Testament would tell them, they say, hey, you know what's going to happen? You're going to go down to that city. And this is, what about Paul? Right. Paul said that it's a prophet. And remember, it was Philip that had the two daughters that both prophesied. Mm-hmm. They were both prophets, mm-hmm. it says, there in the book of Acts. And Paul was going to go down to Jerusalem. And both of the daughters said, Paul, don't do it. And then there was another guy, Agabus, I think was his name, mm-hmm. was a prophet. And he took Paul's belt and said, if you go down 
to Jerusalem. You're going to get arrested. And here's how it's going. He tied up his hands and all of that and said, you're going to be bound and carried off. And I still love that Paul went on to Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, Paul was determined to go to Jerusalem. Well, in the next segment, we'll bring up a couple of post-Bible names of people who have demonstrated the gift of seeing the future, no matter what the label or title we choose to give them. Welcome back to segment two of our podcast, God Beyond the Bible. Uh, 19. Number 19. Number 19. Yeah, number 19 already. Today's topic is psychics, seers, prophets, dreamers, and visionaries. And clairvoyance and mediums. (laughs) In segment one, we asked the question, where have all the prophets gone? Or maybe less poetic. Does the gift Yeah, that was my line. Where where yeah. have all Okay. <laughs> Less poetic. <laughs> Does the gift of prophecy still exist? We ended segment 1 with a poll and the consensus seems to be Yeah, I I I, yes. I mean I never did say absolutely but yes, I think it does. I believe so. Uh, it just we just start getting scared when we start saying psychic and things like that. Absolutely. When somebody else titles it that. The, in this segment, we're going to discuss some modern or at least post-biblical individuals who have demonstrated the ability to predict the future, among other things. Now, my personal interest in this so-called psychic phenomenon, and there again, you know, we almost taint it when we mm-hmm. use that word, uh, was sparked sometime in the middle of the last decade when an Arkansas woman went missing. And I, I thought it was near Little Rock, so I searched for this story, but I couldn't find it. Did anybody find this story? I think I did, but it ended up did not. the woman was not in Little Rock. The psychic was. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So she was from But anyway, a person came forward telling police that she possessed a gift of seeing things that could not be detected with natural senses. So she was labeled psychic by the press. Nonetheless, she told the detectives and the police investigating the disappearance of an elderly woman that she could see the woman and that she was still alive, just beyond a fence, down a little incline, lying next to a stream in a wooded area or kind of a brushy area. Uh, after a couple of days, having received this information, the searchers extended their perimeter to include an area outside the back fence of the woman's property, which had formerly been left out of the search because there was no gate or no exit on the back fence, and it was believed that uh, the limited mobility of the el- elderly woman would not allow her to navigate such rough terrain. However, following the advice of the psychic or the seer or whatever, they searched the brush area beyond the back fence and down a steep incline near a small stream, and they found the missing woman still alive. Now, at this point, I found myself wrestling with some difficult questions. My traditional Christian influence had led me to think that any such events were either hoaxes or somehow demonic. But the thing that kept coming to my mind was, would the devil, the one Jesus said came only to kill and destroy, would he aid in finding this elderly woman before she died? I mean, my traditional thinking would make me think that more the devil's style would be to use his dark powers to confuse and mislead the searchers so that she would die, or maybe just to bring the maximum amount of grief to the family that was looking for This brought questions in my mind. I have to say it. You know I have to say it. The proper retort to this is even the devil presents himself as an angel. Angel of light. Everybody (laughs) says that. And, oh, man. We I just, know it's opening another can of our, worms, but that's where your mind is. It our go to thing. If we don't understand something or it hasn't happened to us, we don't expect is it's got to be demonic. Yeah. It's the devil. Mm-hmm. 
God couldn't be doing this because it hasn't happened to me or it's not written. But, but you know, prophecy something. If we take these other labels away from it, it's something that's part been part of mankind since the beginning. Well, I began to take an open-minded look at this phenomenon, and one of the first names to jump out at me was Edgar Casey. Now, yeah. if you're going to research that, it's spelled, his last name is C-A-Y-C-E, not K-A-S-E-Y, C-A-Y-C-E, Edgar Casey, who died in 1945. I think he was born like 1877, uh, but he was a professed believer. Now, I think he was part of the maybe the Methodist church. I can't remember. He was a Sunday school teacher, Sunday school superintendent, filled the pulpit, all this stuff, lay preacher, all this stuff. Uh, he he was a professed believer, and he had the gift of being able to do all sorts of supernatural predictions, analysis, and diagnosis of sick people, and he would enter into this, and here's another word I hate to add with this, but it, this trance-like meditative sleep while in the room with his subjects. His diagnosis and even the remedies he gave the patients to carry out were almost always accurate and effective. Uh, at one point, Casey opened a hospital-type healing center in which he often spent 16 to 20 hours a day diagnosing and prescribing healing remedies for his patient. By the way, the medical field and authorities worked fervently uh, to have his facility shut down for various reasons, the main one being the accusation of practicing medicine without the benefit of an accredited medical training and a medical license. Now, if my memory is correct, I think the facility may have later been destroyed in a fire. But what are we to make of situations like Edgar Casey, where the evidence is undeniable? I mean, I, I read where he, he even tried to ignore the gift and live a normal life, but he couldn't stop the visions from coming. Uh, now, when the press labeled him a clairvoyant, some people consider, oh, his gift to be associated with the dark powers. In the end, his gift probably killed him because he couldn't refuse people who came for his help. And he would get tons of letters and, and requests to come. I mean, it's just amazing. His life was just bombarded by these people mm -hmm. wanting healing. And the long hours and hectic schedule likely contributed to his stroke uh, and death at the age of 67. And I guess the bigger question here is, was going to Edgar Casey any different than going to a doctor and taking a medicine as a treatment? just because one is more socially acceptable? Or maybe the question should be, would you go to Edgar Casey today in a case where all traditional medicine had proven non-effective in treating the illness of you or a loved one? I probably would. I might, go, I, might go to him <laughs> I might go to him first. Well, I can tell you guys, and, and you know who I'm talking about, but there was a local... Uh, what do they call holistic, holistic, holistic medicine? Yeah. And before I um, went to a regular doctor, I had went to him, and he told me that I had thyroid problems. Uh -huh. About a year later, I actually went to the doctor, and I was diagnosed as hypothyroid. Now, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he did no exam, and he was a believer. He yeah. prayed. That's what so, I'm saying. So, I mean, it's so. interesting to think about. He did, because you would tell him his, your symptoms, and I visited him mm -hmm. on several occasions. You would tell him his symptoms. He would sit there and pray and meditate over them for a few minutes, and then he would go, okay, this is what's going on, and he would give you something to help with it, and it was amazing. All right, and you out there, stop it. I know that song running in your head. Went to the witch doctor. <laughs> the witch doctor said, <laughs> what is that? What is that like? Ting, tang, what about a bing, bing? You know, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, uh, and that, I just put, that just ruined the whole setup. Well, and I, I'll be honest. I just put this out there for everyone, but I really haven't told many people because of the stigma attached to Yeah. yeah. That too. I went to one. And, you know, but now you can call him a faith healer. 
Yeah. And that yeah. changes the whole right? complexion, right? We can call it, we can give it the right title, and that changes the whole complexion of this whole thing. Okay, so what about Nostradamus? What about him? I knew he'd be here somewhere. (laughs) You know, it's a Latinized name. His name was actually, and I'm probably going to butcher this, so I apologize in advance, Michel de Nostradame. He was a French astrologer, a physician, and reputed seer who wrote a book, Les Prophetes, a collection of 942 poetic quatrains that were touted to predict the future. Um, it was first published in 1555, and it's rarely been out of print since. I mean, I remember reading this as a teenager, <laughs> you know. I remember the Nostradamus Right? <laughs> I watched the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Many Bible-oriented critics say that this so-called prof- that the, his so-called prophecies are just too vague and obscure to be considered valid prophecy. And one has to ask those critics if they find the prophecies of the Bible, especially those made by John in the Revelation, to be definitively clear in their intent. <laughs> well, I have to step up here and I have to say something. I'm an avid reader, have been my entire yeah. life, and I have read a lot of books that have been translated from different languages. Uh-huh. And first of all, let me tell you that you lose a lot of clarity. You do. When you go from one language to another, you lose a lot of clarity. But not the Bible, if it's the King uh, James Bible, right? (laughs) Right. No, I'm not. Hey, love you guys that just think the King James is all of that. That's okay. Now, add 400 years of language change on top of that. Yeah. And you have got a lot of confusion. And I see that a lot myself. That's why I don't read the King James Bible a lot. Is because when you add five, six hundred years onto something that was already translated from an ancient language, mm-hmm. you're almost reading another language. Yes. Right. Well, and, and if we recall it, Jesus preferred to teach in this somewhat ambiguous manner known as parables. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and they said, Lord, why are you talking to us in parables? Why don't you just. But he wanted, he, you know. We've talked about that before. Jesus wanted you to have to think about it, and it, and it might have a myriad of meanings depending on where you were in life. Right, and I'm not saying the predictions of Nostradamus are expected to be heralded as divinely inspired or sacred, but you can't deny the seeming accuracy of many of his predictions. For example, those of Adolf Hitler, whose name was translated to English as Hister. Right. Yeah. But the rest of the quatrain seems accurate, and that is just one of the many predictions he made that were interpreted as being dead on. And as we mentioned at the beginning of this segment, one of the countless events where law enforcement has been aided by so-called psychics to solve crimes and events of missing persons. And let me say this, too. There again, most of these people do not call themselves psychics. No. The press mm-hmm. and other people. Mm-hmm put these titles on them they you, most of them you listen to they're very humble and say well i've got this gift and sometimes i see things and okay but go ahead yeah and there are dozens and even hundreds of cases that would not or even could not have been solved had it not been for the clues rendered by these gifted people and i'm going to dive in here for a second and say there's all kinds of stories out there of people who have never had any gift before who just suddenly had this dream or this moment and were able to help in this situation and it might be the only time yes and some would give sketch artists chillingly accurate descriptions of the assailants or abductors involved in crimes and disappearances or descriptions of geographical surroundings or the color and description of a house, or in some cases, the name of the street or the numbers associated with the address. Most law enforcement personnel and officials that have had any experience with this type of crime-solving technique 
say they would not and do not hesitate to incorporate the participation and contributions of these gifted people in their crime-solving arsenal. So we ask our listeners to do some open-minded research into these acclaimed individuals and tell us what you think. Because I think the jury's still out on it, and it is kind of in my mind, but I'm just not going to automatically say it's got to be the devil. And that brings us down to the close of segment two. Everybody, welcome back to segment three of podcast nineteen. Is that what you guys That's told 19, me? Yeah. yeah. So um, today's topic is psychics, seers, prophets, dreamers, and visionaries. Or maybe we should just go for the short title: psychic or prophet. And in segment one, we ask the question of whether or not prophets exist in the age we live in, and where they receive the power behind their gifts. Is their credibility diminished? when they're labeled psychic or seer or clairvoyant or one of the other titles we tend to place on people who demonstrate evidence of abilities that defy natural science? And my answer for that is it is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, in segment two, we introduce the evidence that exists of just a few of the well-known names of our post-biblical age of real people who've proven beyond doubt to have some gift or beyond natural ability to see things hidden to most people. Which brings us into this segment where we wish to explore the evidence that most of us really do have some degree of prophetic ability. We often ignore it or label it instinctive or intuition or gut feeling, but the truth is we probably are associated with folks who actually experience varying degrees of prophecy in dreams, visions, discerning inclinations, or something of the like, but they either don't recognize it as a gift or they're embarrassed to talk about it. Okay, so have you ever had an unsettling feeling about something or someone that possibly you ignored, but later it was proven to be a warranted concern? I think we've yeah, I think, all been there. I think there. everybody has, yeah. Well, I especially have. as women, as girls, we're taught from a very you have young that women's age intuition, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you eventually learn to take these feelings and inclinations more seriously? Yes. I do, and I, I teach my kids, yeah, trust your gut instinct, yeah, I think if you're you know, smart, always. I think if you're smart, you learn to follow those inclinations, yeah. As believers, we're given certain gifts that if utilized are meant to aid us and give us advantage in our everyday life. It may be as simple as knowing a person by their fruits, or as serious as sensing the dark character of an individual that's hidden by their position that they hold in the community or an organization, or even the church. I think my first introduction to a person who possessed what might be considered the gift of prophecy was with my now-deceased brother-in-law. He had received the prophecy of the death of my sister in a dream, and I learned that he had received the foreknowledge of who his wife and children would be in a vision. If a person had merely told me about these things without knowing Jerry, uh, I could have easily written it off as maybe nonsense, but knowing Jerry and the person he was and how deep his faith and commitment to that faith was, I can't deny the genuine and unique power of his gift. Now, uh, it did not seem to make him infallible, as we often think of prophets being, but his gift was nonetheless real. It is people like him that make me realize that being inspired, in spirit, (laughs) inspired, (laughs) and gifted does not make us sinless or infallible. 
he was truly a real person with the real gift of being able to see and discern things that the natural senses just didn't reveal to us. And uh, he was never proud about it or most very modest, very seldom would speak. I can remember one time and because I spent a lot of time with him (laughs) growing up that he mentioned that he had these prophetic dreams sometimes. And he was explaining to me that he always knew when it was a prophetic dream because it just had a completely unique feeling to it. It was nothing like nothing else he had ever experienced. And, and that think, was all he said. And, and I think on, Jerry would yeah. say, and you know when it's God talking. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's it. Uh, I myself have received warnings and inclinations and dreams in another medium. Uh, one particular was the reoccurring dream uh, of a ladder leaned against the side of the fellowship hall of the church building where I used to pastor. In that dream, I'd see the back of a person climbing the ladder and then falling from the ladder just as he reached the top. I never saw the person's face, and after having this dream at least two or three times, it ceased, and I didn't really give it much thought until in a business meeting one evening, someone pointed out that the vinyl soffit on the fellowship hall had been blown loose and was hanging down. One of the older gentlemen, a deacon in the assembly at that time, stated that he had noticed it and planned to bring a ladder out and make the needed repair this week. It was then that I realized he was the subject of my dream. And the place of the sag and the place of the sagging vinyl soffit was the very place I was seeing in my dream. After the meeting, I told the brother about my dream, and he made the decision to wait and allow someone else to make the needed repairs. Would he have fallen? There's no way to know. But I believe it's just a small example of the gift of prophecy God gives us if we're willing to heed it. If we'll just be sensitive. Uh, I have before and since had other dreams that I did not heed, and they happened just the way I dreamed them. I mean, you guys got anything to throw in there? Well, I'm, I've had those moments. I was discussing with you earlier today. I had a dream once, and this has happened several times throughout life, and it was really an inconsequential thing that happened, but I was having a conversation with my sister about one of our cousins, and my sister said, well, she just seemed so much more back to herself the last time we saw her. And it was about probably three or four months later, we were sitting in a restaurant and we were discussing some things and that cousin came up and my sister said that exact line. And as she said it, it hit me that it was the identical surroundings of that dream. And it was just a puzzling. Had that dream. Well, we're ready to conclude. Is it time? Okay. Well, our conclusion We in the Christian community have a tendency to negate the legitimacy of things we don't understand. Again, as we've pointed out in our episodes on near-death experiences and reincarnation, often because someone has an experience that we haven't had, we tend to categorize it as a hoax or somehow it's connected to dark powers, the devil. Uh, When I witness folks doing this, I'm reminded of how the religious leaders of Jesus' day often accused him of what? Performing his miracles by the power of the devil. Right. I think God is all about giving us real tools and gifts that allow us to make decisions and choices based on leadings uh, and intuitions that really are above the natural realm. In our society, and in our believing community especially, I think we may have grown spiritually dull, not really expecting any supernatural interference or insight. And that kind of plays into our whole thing about the Bible. God's got to not do anything. He's already done it all. He's not doing anything. Now, let's be honest. A lot of believing folks are just plain frightened when things get categorized or labeled with titles like psychic, seer, clairvoyant, and some of the other names. No doubt, 
Some may connect or associate, or associate the power behind their gift to the dark side. And I say don't have anything to do with that kind of activity. But to say that none today are gifted is again to say that God has said and done all he's ever going to say or do, and it is closed up for, in the pages of one single book. I, for one, know that he's alive and still leading, inspiring, and gifting those who are willing to receive. Until next time, we want God's grace, peace, and love to be on each of you, our fellow seekers. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.